yeah, it's bloody rough, isn't it? You go away and do a lot of other races, but then when you come back to Roubaix, every time you enter into the your first sector of cobbles, you just get this reminder of how bloody rough these cobblestones are. Until you're actually there doing it, like you can watch as much stuff on TV as you want, but you just don't get any kind of feeling. It's one of those things, it's a love-hate relationship with situations like yesterday. You, you're When you're a part of the race, it's one of the most beautiful races, but when you on the other side of the race and it's uh, can be the most <laughs> horrible. So uh, I think that's why it's um, so special. Damn, I got some respect for you guys. I've done it so many times and like it's it's brutal. It's honestly brutal. It's a really long day. And then also the cobbles make it even harder and all these bumps and stuff. Like you're, you're really uh, going at the limit of your body as well. And I think that's what it makes so, so special. That's also why it's called the hell of North. But it has something special, eh? I mean, the cobbles, the history. Uh, when I was young, my period was like Museo, Van Piedigum, those guys. It's, uh, yeah, for me, it's just a special, special mm. race. And I think one of my top results was also in Roubaix. I came in the velodrome sprinting for the victory with Van Avermaet and Stibar. Yeah, that, that's something you will, I mean, take that with you for, for the rest of your life, so. Well, if you haven't heard it already, that was the episode I did with the Cycling Podcast last week. My last trip as a pro, my last race as a pro. You went on the road with me for a week leading into Roubaix and hearing the ups and downs of what that was for me, but also chatting to all my teammates and friends in the peloton as well about what that race really is like. You got to get across and listen to that one if you haven't heard it already, because it's just a really good story. Right now, we've got Talking Luft, and this week we're speaking with a good mate of mine, a guy who I started my career with back in school Shimano, but have stayed close friends with him. He's a Belgie, he's from Ghent, he loves Roubaix. He's in the episode as well last week on the Cycling Podcast. It is Bert Tabaka. So guys, sit back and enjoy this one. Here's Baxi. Alrighty, here we go. Now we're talking to Bert DeBacca, longtime friend, longtime racer against me, I guess you could say. We haven't actually been teammates for that long. We're only teammates for three years. Yeah, you even chased me back in some races. <laughs> I did. We were in the breakaway. <laughs> Tour of Flanders 2017, 18? I have no idea. No, at least not the 18, maybe 17. And I decided to attack. Actually, <laughs> I was in the attack and you chased me back. But to be honest, it was good to have you there because I'm not really used to ride on my own. So thanks, mate. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Yeah. Everyone should go back and have a look at that. It's about 20K of greatness. Bert and I solo in front of the race, Tour of Flanders, up the Eichenberg. Korte keer we attacked, or at least I attacked. <laughs> I also was there. Yeah. All right, let's start this. Talking Luft, you know how it goes. Caskets, mini hats, yes. capolinos. What do you call them in Flemish? Kursklakskes. Kursklakskes. How do you wear yours? Um, I 
put them very, very hard over my head. <laughs> you do too, actually. You do. Yeah. You have no luft but, at all. Yeah, <laughs> zero, zero luft. But do you know why? Why? Because I have a head which is way too big and maybe hair which is also very present. <laughs> so it, it, there is no way for me to wear a cap without tearing it all down. You potentially have got the good hair. You've got the Miguel Indurain hair that could provide a lot of luft. If your head isn't that big. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Pinheads so, do work. Yeah. But I did sometimes talk about the toughy style. When I was still training without helmets, then uh, I was going toughy style. Well, that's the next question. Okay. The next question is, if you could have raced back in the day, in the 90s, 80s, whatever, without a helmet, what would your style have been? I also like the sweatband. Wow, I yeah. like it. Or some um, lot of gel in the hairs because it's necessary and I have a lot to keep them back. Like Rambo. Uh, my hairs weren't that going weren't going that long, but maybe <laughs> sort of at least to protect my forehead from uh, hairs. So it also could Who are we talking about? I've forgotten his name now. <laughs> Nico Ikot. Oh yeah, Ikot. That's right. <laughs> Rambo. Is anyone out there would know him? <laughs> and um, but yeah, I, I would always change a lot. I, I don't like to have one style all year. I like to have different. Uh, would you change in the race? Would you potentially start with the cap on, you no. know, as in the neutral zone, flick the cap off, put the headband on for the attacking zone? No. Then go back to the car, brill cream for the sprint. No. <laughs> <laughs> and also, <laughs> that's back in the days, but. Now I still cannot imagine to even train without a helmet. So I'm ha very happy that in the start I, there was, in my opinion, no option to go training with a helmet. Mm. And I'm happy we are to the point where it's very used to have one. Nice. All right, what's your all-time favorite kit and team? Could be together or could be separate. You could go, I love that team but hated their kit, vice versa, or you're just like, I just loved, you know... Pullman's crass. I love that kit. Love the team. To be honest, I had the Pullman's crass kit because I was in the Devo team f uh, for two years. And With Geert? Geert Umlop? It wasn't that one. It was oh. uh, still, I don't know if it was Pullman's crass. was Mr. Bookmaker afterwards. Oh. But I had, we had, the, the sad thing was, we had always the kit they had the year before. <laughs> so then you really feel what, dated. Actually, second-hand kit? No, we had some <laughs> different partners on it. But okay. <laughs> those colors. But the I don't really have a favorite. Of course, Mape, but it's it's said too much. But there's one casquette I had when I was no cyclist at all yet, when I was six or seven years. And that's Z. Mm, so that's something. Good team. Yeah. That's, uh, in my opinion, one which... Uh, I like, yeah. What about the what about the roster? Like a team that you just love the team, like, you know, for me, it could be like, you know, the CSC comes up a lot, you know, back in that that day. US Postal, even Team Mobile when you used to have Ulrich there, Cloden. Actually, uh if you think about the whole team, then US Postal was also I liked Nike as brand, track bikes. The team they had mm. was nice. Kit but, though, they struggle with the design in the US Postal. Or did you uh, like I that? could handle it. I could okay. handle it. Uh, maybe it was because of the team was acting that well. But yeah. um, no, the roster. Then I'm thinking about the 
quick step team. I, I think they were riding time but, uh, back mm, then. Good call. With Bettini, Bonen, um, probably also Feinsteins. What about Stegmans? Steggles? I don't know. If, maybe he was in uh, Lotto Bedisol uh, back then. <laughs> I don't think he was in yet. But yeah, one of those teams with Bettini. All right, nice. Favorite race of all time for you? You may have done it. You may still want to tick it off in this last week. Roubaix, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Crosswinds or mountains? In the race, crosswinds. On training, mountains. Same. Training or racing? I was. I came to a point where it was training. And I'm getting close to racing again. Mm, didn't see that coming. Yeah. It. Why? Deciding three months ago, it's over end of the season. I. Uh, I was very conscious about the fact that it's ending, and I was taking everything out of it, out of racing, having fun. But also, on the other hand, don't get annoyed about myself not fighting for the position anymore. I tried, and if it didn't work out, okay, no stress, but don't judge yourself anymore about it. Nice. Are you a coffee shop guy when you go out training? I am. What do you get when you stop? Cappuccino. What about food I'm talking about? Do you sit down and get yourself a nice big tart or rice tacha, or you get yourself a brocha? Always Kipkuri. sweet. Always sweet? Always sweet. A Nutella brocha. I can I can see a guy next to me eating a pasta on training. I was like, what is he? I, I cannot believe he's having a whole meal. But on the same time, probably I could eat two cakes, which is even more calories. So what specific cake would you get? If you roll into a Belgian bakery, what's your go-to? Everything which is sweet as possible. <laughs> From cheesecake to carrot cake to... <laughs> and also... Size is important. <laughs> <laughs> Value for money. Yep. Yeah. So what about a rice tart? You're not a fan? Not really. Oh. It's too common. What about a frangipani or a muscle tart? Frangipani I like. What's the Gerolsbergen one? Matta tart. Yeah, matta tart. Yeah. Sorry. And those are also very nice because they are very big as well. Explain to everyone out there what those two things that I keep talking about are. They're very famous from Belgium for... I think cyclists in the bakeries. Well, a lot of yeah. foreigners like that. Maybe not the Belgian riders. The rice tart, you mean? Yeah, or? the rice tart and also the the frangipani yeah. mustard tart. What? Well, explain what it is. Well, the, yeah, it's it's a tart. Yeah, what can I explain about it? Well, not a lot of people are going to know what that is. No, they just have to watch a cooking program and not <laughs> listen to a racing podcast. <laughs> It's a tart full of rice, like cream rice cooked, and it's like the perfect thing you can have for training. And the frangipani, why is it so famous, the one from Girlsbergen? But here, it's no frangipani, it's no matatart, here's Bergen. Oh. But that's, um, what's the name, made with butter in different layers. The, that's the bottom. Yeah, the, pastry. Yeah. yeah. And then they also have sort of, oh, it's no. a sort of. It's like, like a croissant bottom, isn't it? Yep, it's the yeah. same, uh, yeah. Sorry. They make some with um, sand dough, is, is it the name in, in English? Mm. Sort of dough made with uh, butter sand. and... Sand. <laughs> Flemish, <laughs> zand die. 
Uh, no, but the the frangipane is so the croissant layer on the bottom, and then a sort of a first some confiture oh, yeah. from abricots, and then a cake, and on top they have a glazure. Glaze. Glaze. Yeah. Yeah, glaze. yeah nice. Yeah. And a cappuccino. What is your coffee routine? So you start with a ca- with a cappuccino. Do you start with milk coffee in the morning? Move through. You have espresso. What's your daily coffee routine? Um, most of the time at home, I make americano or cappuccino in the morning. A lot of things changed in the past. I didn't have or I, I didn't like coffee when I became a cyclist. Uh, then I bought a house with a machine built in, so I made the effort to, to like coffee. to like coffee. <laughs> Then you bought me an Aeropress set to take coffee with me on during traveling. So then I started to adore coffee. Uh, and then it was a, a lot of time, uh, very often going into filter coffee at home. Again, also a big pot. So quantity was again important. But now we move places and uh, we have... Uh, a rocket machine, so we can make at least decent cappuccino at home as well. So if I feel like uh, having cappuccino, make cappuccino. Otherwise, americano, and then yeah, filter coffee less and less. Mm, nice. What's your drink? What's your poison? What's your go-to drink? And now, when I first met you, mm-hmm. you were doing something quite. Mm-hmm. The name Poison is on its place, eh? Yeah. Tell everyone what you used to do with your Belgian beers. Being a Belgi, I did... No, no, no. There's something worse. Uh, I'm drinking too much Diet Coke, to be honest. Ah, that's true. Well, is that your poison? Pepsi Max. Uh, That probably is your poison. You probably go for that. I drink it a lot. Um, I'm happy I don't miss it in races, because there was a moment I think I would also miss it in races. And Poison... I love beers, but I I can go without as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pepsi Max, you think? But I feel ashamed to say it, so I'm not proud on it. <laughs> you should. I know. Don't tell your mom. <laughs> <laughs> you train with a group or train alone? Both. What do, what differentiates it? Um, depends on which guys are available. Uh, how the problem is I'm also I'm not always that easy to go training with because many guys like to follow GPX on training and I for a long time resisted very hard against it why? I I had the feeling it took away my freedom Hmm. the ability to change every second to change the route and that's a big thing in Belgium too. It's it's so easy just to turn left, right yeah. here, go up or there, yeah. add another K here. And the good thing about too is that you're learning where you are. Following yeah. a GPX, you don't learn anything. Yeah. But I also realized just a few months ago, I took a GPX on training and I also loved it. Mm. So Why? Because it took away that um, ability to change the whole time. I was like, okay, I stick to today and I don't change the route. And I was less thinking about where should I take the route to have four hours or... So it it makes it made some space free in the head as well. Nice. All right, very good question after that. 
one. <laughs> what is your favourite training loop of all time? And I want you to explain the loop to all the Belgies out there listening. Maybe it's not in Belgium. It could be in Lavinia. You've spent a lot of time in Lavinia. It could be in Andorra. Yeah. could be in Australia if you remember way back then. Yeah. Oh. I'm assuming it's probably going to be in Belgium. Could be even the Monchau loop, Mitch. Mm, down in the south of Belgium. Yeah. A loop you showed me once, I guess. I think it's um, could be in Luxembourg, where I had the awesome, some very nice loops. It was a loop of six hours, which I could do, I think it was 3,000 algae meters, and I could do it in 30k an hour. Mm. And it was steep climbs uphill, which was steep, or not steep, small roads with some hairpins, um, but not very steep. And the descents were on big, fast roads. So actually, you could do your efforts from maximum 10 minutes uphill. And then descent, you actually already had your uh, motor pacing because you pedal. You could pedal during the descent. Can you remember where it was? Could you explain the loop to someone? Yeah, Luxembourg isn't that big, but it was uh, passing Clairvaux, then down to Wilts. I think I stayed in Pomerloch often. That was very close to the border of, of Belgium. Uh, it was... Yeah, I wouldn't say it was more the northern part of uh, Luxembourg and then going from west to east as well. Nice. Yeah, even a part in Germany, I think. One sad thing, there's no good coffee stop. Really? On At that least, loop? Yeah, yeah. I had to go to a gas station. And that's the favorite loop. Yep. Good, eh? It's not all about coffee stops. You should, be, you should be proud of me that, that I just took the parkour as a main... Uh, <laughs> Thought it might thing. have been a loop around Ronsa, you know, up the old Quaramont, down the new Quaramont. Yeah, there's a good uh, bakery in Elzell. Something like that. Okay. Best bike. What's been your favourite bike over your whole career? Well, even maybe before. What's your mm -hmm. best bike? Oh. The thing is, I don't really have, or it's, I'm not the guy who is judging a bike as not good that often so for me it's hard to say maybe it's not maybe it's not the actual performance of yeah. it it's just your favourite bike then it's maybe my uh, cobble crosser no <laughs> that was actually a shit bike <laughs> we were very proud oh we can get the cyclocross bike to go no um, that's the Koga cobble crosser yeah. that was <laughs> I was thinking about the Koga that I got when I was stagiaire Ah. was also titanium colors. I don't know if it was aluminium or titanium, but with the Durais with written on the... On the down, on the brake levers. Yep. Uh, that's... And also, yeah, now you also have more and more brands which are uh, using that sort of paint. Eh? Yeah. The titanium colors on the... was actually one of the nicest bikes. Yeah. Nice. All right. You might have a good one for this. What's your cheat meal? What's that meal that you know you shouldn't have during the year or sometimes during a period and you just go, you know what, it's end of Tour of Flanders tonight, I'm going to go down the fritter, I'm going to get it. What is your cheat meal? You actually mean which are your cheat meals? Because <laughs> actually almost everything we are eating feels like cheating. Um, of course, I like the fritter was something I always pushed forward to go to. Ah, maybe after that race or I was never really easy with it. And then last year in the Corona with the kids was also, the kids were getting older. So it's also was possible with, with, to have Fritz with them. From then on, 
was more easy to do it and less feel guilty or cheating. Um, but there are many meals. But I think Fritz is also the whole atmosphere around it, which I like because it's mostly on on a, a good weather day. And then the moment that we go for Fritz, it's always in sort of a way that I have the feeling we deserved it. Uh, and then we're having it outside uh, on the terrace, the dark clothes, kids both with their pot of mayonnaise. Uh, Couldn't get more Belgian than that. No. And for anyone out there who doesn't know what he's talking about, that's hot chips, hot chips with mayonnaise. <laughs> All right, what's your war story, Baxi? What's that one day that you just go, oh, yeah, I remember that day. That is, you know, what was it? I did 50K on a flat tire in Strade Bianchi. Uh, and I hope that one can stay. How, what, the last 50K? Yeah, but I took a shortcut. Because it was already, I think it was 2018, so we had already uh, maps, oh, yeah. uh, Garmin. And uh, so I could see where the finish was, because I, I think I followed some uh, some sectors still. But the, in a moment you have to decide, okay, there won't be any staff anymore, which I can hope for. So then I took the shortcut. I even think I went through a, a middle of a, another farmer, but his... His grass uh, around his house to take a shortcut. Really? Yeah. That much so? Yeah. Uh, and I was so surprised that, that wheels could handle it. Because ah. it's many sectors with it still. What happened to the tire and everything? Oh, because you had a tube. It was on. a tube, yeah. 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 Um, That's a big benefit though. A yeah. lot of people who are listening probably wouldn't be riding around on tubes. Mm. And when you do punch on a tube, you can ride it for a long way. It's still sticked on the... 50k actually. Yeah. <laughs> But I just hope that story can stay and it doesn't get uh, taken by next Sunday. <laughs> 60K. I'm not scared about the flat tire. I'm scared about other things which makes it a To war. top it, top yeah. a new war story. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Baxi, this is a good reflection. Last question. What is the best thing about riding a bike for you? Freedom. Freedom and me time. Mm. That's also why I love going on my own. And that's something I told my uh, a friend of mine a few years ago. They were talking about people retiring and having problems. And think that's one of our things which changes a lot. We can, if you want, we have 20 to 25 hours each week mm. where you can reflect on our own. Yeah, amazing. And that's something that falls uh, away. Have you thought about what you're going to do next year? Are you going to continue to ride or do something like that to, to allow yourself to have that time? Um, I hope. At, no, at least uh, my wife supports me to, steep, to keep doing it. I think physically I'll need it as well to detrain because um, I had once already an ablation a few years ago and then mental issues about it. And So I really believe that also the hormone system can be very disturbed if you just suddenly stop uh, cycling or doing active sports. And I also just hope that for me mentally, it's still as easy as now to go out and tell to my wife, good luck with the kids, I'm out for three hours. Because <laughs> that's the main thing. We also always got a, a free card now. Yeah. But it always feels strange to leave your family behind and, and take your own town time. Especially when you, that's not your profession. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something I hope... Uh, 
I can sort out myself. Mate, thanks for being on Talking Law. Thanks for getting me in. I hope you enjoyed talking a little Luft with Daxi there. Next week is our last episode of the season, a cracker episode, something I've been putting together all year. I'm really looking forward to putting this one up. So guys, make sure you check out that episode that's going to be on the Cycling Podcast next week. And in two weeks' time, the microphone is going to be turned on me and I'm going to be talking a little bit of Luft. So I'm pretty sure you know all the answers to my questions anyway, but I thought, well... How about Luke Dervish ask me the questions and I try and give you guys a few style techniques or a few tips or whatever you want to call it, a bit of luft anyway. I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who got their hands on my last Sunday in Hell special edition cap that we put out. That was something special and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Guys, until next week and in two weeks time talking luft, thanks a lot. <laughs>